0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ooh, get for joining the ESPC Podcast Network, and we are a three-dimensional podcast. Like Joseph Campbell says, we hit the three levels. Not only do we teach you the financial markets, the betting markets, so you can pick the right game, we also deal with the major issues that you should know about, that we should We have a responsibility to educate you about. Because it doesn't matter if you're a sports podcast, you have to know the basics. And then it's always better to be lucky than good. And man, do we have great fortune to have Sarah Lynn Robinson, lead actress from Hollywood. She's so, <laughs> so articulate to give her insight. And what we're doing is we're giving people insight that they normally do do not get so on this podcast. You're going to get information you cannot get anywhere else. Thank you for joining us, Sarah.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk politics today, something I know a little bit more about than uh, basketball. So it's a nice um, it's a nice uh, reprieve from that.
1: Yeah, but we're teaching you basketball, so watch out.
0: Yeah, I'm work. I'm working on it. I'm working on it.
1: And uh, the both times we've done the basketball, we haven't gotten any games wrong.
0: Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's been great. I've always liked it as a fan, but I'm enjoying it more now that I have, you know, skin in the game.
1: Yes, and you're making money. We could say 100% we're making money. And Mm -hmm. I asked you that I was going to place a wager on who Joe Biden was going to pick as vice president. And you Mm -hmm. nailed that, and we made money doing that. So thank you. Uh, you're hundred. Everybody on the podcast is a hundred percent making me money in mm-hmm. uh, uh, one way or another. first report for four years with sports. Now you with Kamala Harris, and then uh, Brianna Winter with baseball. She's mm-hmm. making, so very fortunate. Feel very fortunate, lucky, and good to have because you're the measure of the five people around you. And I'm so happy and ecstatic that I have you guys around me as uh, we're all going through such a difficult time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, before we were talking about, uh, what we're gonna do on this podcast is uh, educate you on what's going on, number one. And then number two, uh, when you place a wager on these elections, because we're already in the middle of a pandemic if you can make some money off these elections, why not? Right. You, you and I were discussing a very interesting uh, statistic earlier.
0: Yes, about uh, election betting. I did not know this, but betting markets are the best predictors of who is going to win. They have been 100% accurate since Roosevelt in predicting who is going to win the presidential election.
1: Isn't that amazing? So, it is. And what happens is that forty, you know, in any election, there's forty percent for you, and there's forty percent against you, and then there's that middle, right? The middle wants to know if you're on top. In real life, they're the ones looking out the window at work to see what car you drive when you come in. They're the ones to see if you're in shape, what clothes you have, are you keeping up with the Joneses? That's what they want to know. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, in an election. People pick sides and they get emotional about it. And like we talked on the other podcast, when you when you're in the emotional part of your brain, it's on purpose. Uh, politicians know exactly what buttons, what emotional buttons to button push. Build that wall, build that wall. The other side is, oh, they're they're putting babies in cages, right? They get in the emotional side of each side's head, and when you're in the emotional middle of brain, you really can't make decisions. You make reptilian decision however people that bet right people that put money on things they think from the rational side of their head they look at the different factors they look at the numbers and they focus on who is going to win right and that's why the betting markets have always been more accurate now Mm -hmm. we get uh we'll we'll first talk we'll go macro to micro we'll first talk about different ways we're being gaslighted and lied to and one way is polls these fake polls (laughs) and you were sharing what you do when you get a uh one of these uh uh, questionnaires from um from trump
0: yes so i have a lot of experience with um fake polls i'm getting i would say probably one a day multiple emails a day definitely but also probably a poll a day Uh, from Trump's official website. And some of the things that I've seen are just truly appalling. It doesn't feel like politics anymore. It feels like someone running for student body president and, you know, calling another girl a slut. It's really, really wild. Um, Some of the nicknames that he's attributed to um, both Biden and and Harris. Phony Kamala Harris is his new one, I think because he didn't want, he was too afraid to go for the race card or the woman card, um, right. which I guess I should be uh, thankful for that. He's also called Joe Biden, um, Sleepy Joe, uh, Phony Joe, China Joe, that was interesting, <laughs> Slow Joe. Um, yeah, it's, there's a, there's a um, oh, this was a good one. I did this one yesterday. MS-13 loving Joe Biden. I don't, that's completely baseless and groundless. Um, I have no idea where that came from. MS-13, if anyone doesn't know, is one of the most dangerous gangs in the world, um, terrorizing Central America currently. Um, Yeah, so uh, it has been really interesting. I want to insert my own opinion here and say that I have never seen that on the other side. Um, You know, this is coming from, from our incumbent, Republican president. And I've never seen slander like this on the other side. Uh,
1: I, I, I've seen it on both sides through many, 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 many uh, years. Uh, and it's always for a reason, right? It's always for social proof. And I would like your thoughts on the uh, Democratic Democratic National Convention, and it's specifically Joe Biden's speech. Because mm-hmm. Bipartisan, right? And it's crazy, right? Because journalism, you're supposed to be neutral. You're not supposed to pick one side, you don't pick another, and you try to be as pragmatic as possible. And sure. keep close to the best. But both Fox News and CNN and NBC both agreed that uh, Biden exceeded expectations And what he did was he took away the whole bully thing by bringing Mm -hmm. in the 13-year-old kid with a stuttering problem like he does.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a really beautiful, teachable moment. And also, you know, clearly, I just got one as we were talking um, at the beginning of this, uh, another Trump poll, and he's going right back to, um, you know, slow Joe and these these same claims that he's been leveling against Joe Biden. Um, so that clear, he clearly has learned nothing, but um, I thought it was a really a really beautiful teachable moment for the other side that there was no there was really no Trump slander. There was nothing that wasn't true. The only thing that that uh, Democrats were saying at the DNC was that you know the um, I love that they referred to him not as President Trump but as the current occupant. So the current occupant of the White House right can be doing this better should be doing this better but he wasn't they none of them were saying anything that wasn't true and i thought it was really beautiful and inspirational going back to what michelle obama preached which is when they go low we go high right. um and i thought it was a really it was a really classy event um and i was saying this to you earlier too i love that there were some moments of lev- levity uh, i wrote these down because they made me laugh Um, Amy Klobuchar was saying that he, uh, that he shouldn't want to abolish the USPS because he's going to have to send them a change of address form come January. Um, I thought that was really funny. And then, yeah, it was great. Great burn from Amy. And, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Andrew Yang were, uh, mispronouncing Mike Pence's name like he has done with Kamala Harris. Obviously, he knows how to pronounce it and he's just doing it to undercut her, which again feels very, um, feels very juvenile. But yes, overall, I was really impressed. Um, I think uh, Obama's speeches, Obama's speech, Joe Biden's speech and Kamala's speech were all really beautiful and and inspirational, and didn't feel like they were going for defamation. It just felt like they were going for uh, hope. And what we'll do too,
1: is uh, our homework next week is we're going to watch the Republican National Convention and they uh, give them uh, equal time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What is going on? Right. Yeah. Uh, one thing that always happens and it's happening now with Kanye West is the whole concept. And I want to know your opinion on it. And it's the whole concept of stalking horse. Mm-hmm. And when stalking horse is, is an individual who's just in the race to obstruct another individual from winning. They're mm-hmm. not uh, trying to win, right? So right. this uh, Jared Kirshner and everybody else is paying for Kanye West to be in the race to take votes away from Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And, and what we're gonna do on this podcast, we're gonna introduce a, a lot of concepts that you're not getting in the news that we've seen for years. So I would like to know your thoughts on that. What do you feel about
0: that? Yeah, that's really interesting. So I obviously knew the tactic. I had never heard the term "stocking horse" until today. So I thought that's really interesting. Uh, it's absolutely true. I don't see why there's any reason. Even you know Kanye West, as as unstable as he can be, and I hope he's you know getting getting the help and the resources that he needs. But as unstable as he can be. I I truly don't think that he believes that he is fit to be president. Right. So I, I I see no other reason why he's running, if only to divert um, attention and votes from from Joe Biden. Um, and yeah, it's really it's really frustrating because I've also heard a lot of people. You know, I'll be I'll be completely honest. Though he has my vote, uh, Joe Biden was not my first pick in the primaries, but we have a very broken two-party system. So I think if you are voting third party, if you're not voting, if you're voting for Kanye West, our stalking horse this year, um, your vote's going to go to Trump. It's going to go to, uh, to the incumbent and not to ousting the incumbent. Um I really don't see it any other way. But I said this to you earlier too i mean if um if gerrymandering is still legal then i'm not surprised that that this is as well
1: right and, and we get to and, I, and i'm going to ask you this question because this has always bothered me and that's one of the great things um you know you always have to be you're the average of the five people around you and one of the things i treasure about having sarah lynn robinson in my life is how intelligent she is (laughs) how she can help me with something i've been grappling around for years and i've seen both sides of it and i'd like to know your take on it right Mm -hmm. because you have it's always been said that uh, the rich get justice or no the rich get off and the poor get justice right Uh, the golden rule he who has the gold makes the rules, right? And we see this with Roger Stone committing mm-hmm. multiple felonies and get it off, so and mm-hmm. so. So, and this happens in local politics. And a lot of what we're saying, the the biggest impact you can have is in local politics. Okay. Now, what are your feelings on uh, the letter of the law, right? Uh, Selective prosecution. So f- what selective prosecution says is that the sheriff or whoever the law enforcement is has too many crimes to deal with. So they should have the discretion on which crimes to prosecute and which crimes should. All right. And mm-hmm. I'm going to add, because you can handle it, another level of complexity to it. You know, love to know your thoughts. You have that, right? But you also have political side the hypocrisy side, right? Trump with the Bible, right? And he looked like he had never held the the line, right? We all know that the people that say that they're the biggest Christians are usually the biggest uh, scumbag, you know, drug drug dealer, you know. Can
0: be, yes. Trump is certainly not a Christian.
1: (laughs) Right? So you add that layer to it, right? And you add that layer of hypocrisy to it. And then another part of it is, and that's the three part. The third part is that, in my opinion, we have to hold local politicians mm-hmm. and uh, national politicians accountable to not talk in broad generalities, but talk mm-hmm. in specifics, right? Mm-hmm. And pay attention to ethical issues, because there's a lot of things that are unethical, like the stalking horse, but it's mm-hmm. not. Right. It hope, yeah. fire. I'd like to know your thoughts on that. How do you feel about uh, those three items that I mentioned?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, you threw a lot at me. Uh, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to catch everything.
1: Right. Um,
0: but yeah, one thing with selective prosecution. One thing that um, stuck out to me. Yeah. Um. You know, I definitely think. And Obama actually even mentioned this very beautifully and eloquently right. in um, in his speech on the last night. He said, um, "No one American can change the future of this country. Not even the president." You right. know, as you said, he has had President Trump has had loads of support. From you know his minions within his own family, um, who I sometimes don't even think believe what he's um, believe what he's preaching, but they're following along for the power and the money, which is what I think it all comes down to. Right. Um, to you know Roger Stone, Steve Bannon, and Paul Manafort, all of whom have been uh, indicted on crimes and will probably get off on those crimes. Right. Um, so yeah, I do think you're right in that it starts at home. I think it starts locally. Um, and you can reach a much broader audience and make a much bigger impact um, nearby. You know, if I were to march up to Washington and start my, you know, w- one woman protest, I'm probably not going to get very far. Um, and you know, I may be thrown in, in some sort of like Putin-backed, you know, new right. new neo-Nazi jail. But if I run for local election, I could actually start to affect some change you know within my own community and maybe even uh again maybe not on a national level i can't t- i don't have the power yet to take down kanye west but maybe i could eliminate a, a stalking horse in a in a local election or eliminate gerrymandering of a local election
1: right so in your mind that's gerrymandering now in your mind how should selective prosecution uh should it even exist how would you deal with it how, what's the right way to deal with it? In your opinion.
0: To be honest, I don't know that I have an answer for that. Um, You know, I, not being a politician, these are all just, this is all just um, conjecture and and opinion-based. So um, yeah, I would love to know your thoughts, but I don't know that I have. I'll
1: I'll tell you my thoughts. Yeah, let me know what you think, right? I think the way you deal with it, A, number one, uh, the public should end with us all apathy and like we're into sports we're into entertainment we're into, comp- we're into these other things but we pay attention to politics because we have to right you got a mm-hmm. pandemic you got all these people making decisions for you
0: mm-hmm.
1: like uh my town that i live in they have 45 million dollars and they refuse to use the 45 million dollars for any ppe's and you have nurses mm. uh protesting because they won't use 40 because they they want to do it for a the corruption and the racketeering they're doing. So, what I suggest is a good, and we had it on the podcast with uh Stephen Albright, wrote twenty three books. He's a consultant, and he made a great point, and I shocked him because he's to the right, but he made a great point about citizen review boards and review boards to police the city. So for Selective prosecution should be handled by a citizen's board. The number one has no financial ties to anybody in the police department or the city council or Congress mm-hmm. or whoever. Mm-hmm. You bring in a diverse right, we know that diverse companies make 35% more free cash flow than anything else, and women CEOs make 45% more cash flows than men CEOs. Mm-hmm. So, you, so, the way you handle selective prosecution is having sarah lynn robinson on a board who's independent who's not getting paid off by anybody mm-hmm. to decide uh the issues of selected prosecution if they arise my opinion is you're going to see less of it once the sheriff and these people know that they can't just uh prosecute people they're being paid off to prosecute
0: right yes i completely agree
1: yeah so We've educated the public on uh, the fake polls. Uh, we, we, we gave them what's important about the Democratic Convention, right? We, we talked about the stalking horse, uh, selective prosecution, right? And now we lead to the point of Uh, And and I love your insight on that, how the media gaslights us Mm -hmm. about these polls that show national polls when in Mm -hmm. fact, battleground states are what is important.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard, you know, and I live in a very, um, we live in a, in a very blue state, um, and I've spent a lot of time in very blue states. So it, it is hard, you know, Hillary actually got criticized for not coming to enough blue versus red states and really pandering to the battleground states, um, you know, our six battleground states being, I want to make sure I get this correct Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Florida, Arizona, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Right. Um, but I think, you know, the win is in those states. If, if Hillary had clinched those states, she got the popular vote, she would have gotten the Electoral College with, I think, even one of those battleground states. Um, so yeah, it really, I think it really will come down to those both in, um, you know, local elections and, um, and our presidential election. So it's, uh, it's complicated.
1: It is, it is complicated. It is complicated. We'll take a look at it. Uh, and I like going to real clear politics. They give a good, uh, cross section what's going on in each state and what we'll do is we'll give you a breakdown right now after the democratic (laughs) convention because they really do a good job of bringing people from around the country Mm -hmm. and you can see the results of their internal polling from the messaging that they're getting across Mm -hmm. and uh, that's that's the way uh, sarah and i will listen to the republic convention seeing what their internal polling says and what they have to do to win the republicans We'll give right, so right. Now, we'll I want
0: to jump in I want to jump in for one second just because I found this really funny. Um, I again, I'm very biased, but I really love uh, the DNC's lineup. You know you had all of these incredible um, incredible and influential and eloquent speakers. So um, the RNC, so far we have the couple that aimed guns at uh, Black Lives Matter protesters. We right. have the um, student from a Catholic uh, school who smugly wore a MAGA hat in front of a Native American man. Um, right. We, of course, have Trump. It just, it's such a, such a laughable lineup. I actually thought, I'm forgetting where I saw um, this release, but I actually thought I was reading an Onion article um, I, it just, that really, really, total. um, but yes, yeah, sorry, going, I, I kind of, um, got away from your point, but, uh, you were talking about, you know, m- media b- bias and, um, being gaslit by media, you know, as much as I do associate myself as a Democrat and a liberal, I really do try to look at all sources, even sources that I know are skewed right like breitbart you know if someone is is having an argument or um, you know, on on Facebook or via uh, text or you know what have you or stumbles across an article article, I'll read it because I would rather be informed than you know ignorant. Even if the article in question makes me want to light myself on fire, which many of them do. <laughs> um, but I think yeah, it's really important. You know, I get uh, I get kind of a liberal skewed um, newsletter in my in my inbox every day. Actually, I get two of them. I get the CNN and then and then I get um, Betches. uh, their article, um, which is for, you know, for young Democrat women. Um, but I also love Real Clear Politics and I love NPR and this is a, um, this is a resource that I think doesn't get enough, uh, enough accolades. Um, Snopes.com I really, really love. They really do their research and about very specific things, um, you know, not just conspiracy theories like, you know, birther, uh, birtherism around Obama or, or Harris. Um, but they, it, it'll be little things like um, I saw someone again on a Facebook post, someone in my family put a comment on a Facebook post saying like, well, you know, I'm, I'm voting for Trump because he creates jobs. Unemployment and this is pre-pandemic. <laughs> Unemployment is actually was actually worse or has been worse under Trump than it was under Obama, um, and Snopes confirms that. So they really do their research. So I, I would just beg of everyone, regardless of what side you're on, to really do your research, run it by you know a few different sources, especially ones that that are really center, um, before you pal- you know post on Facebook and go go spouting off about how. Um, it's true because a lot and we've seen this with the uh, not to keep coming back to the pandemic but we've seen this with the pandemic there's been a lot of misinformation surrounding that and a quick Google search will will tell you that none of that is true
1: and and that's what's important right we've gone to the time and I had a great professor uh, Robert and he was an independently wealthy guy and the reason he was teaching school was because he was bored at home smart guy in the first part of the class, he would give one side of an argument.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's say the liberal side. And then the next side, he would give the Republican side. At the end of the class, the homework was, you decide what answer it was, and you were always baffled, because he was mm-hmm. so brilliant at being able to argue both sides. And he says, you have to know both sides of the argument, like uh, Sarah's doing, right, to be an intelligent individual. In philosophy, it says, a life unexamined is not worth living. So if you're not examining and learning from people who think different from you, you're missing part of the richness of life. So you have to know both sides. That's what we do on this podcast. Mm Make sure you don't get somewhere else information we research. But Sarah and I, we'll tell you flat out, we don't have a monopoly on the truth. We're not going to tell you what you should think right we want mm-hmm. you to do your own research right. right and when you do your own research you can start prognosticating things and winning things and as far as our research is concerned we're looking at these battleground states
0: mm-hmm.
1: and 95 uh, percent of people died within 30 miles of where they were born and sarah and i have traveled around the country, we've met different people, we've engaged different people, we listen to them. So I think we have, and especially Sarah has particular insight in what can happen and who are these people in Wisconsin, right?
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: Sarah mentioned Hillary Clinton's, uh, the reason she lost, she won the popular vote, but the reason she lost, right? And we always talk about, uh, it's better to be lucky than good. People who say, oh, I know this 100%, it's impossible. In probability theory, the most you can know something is 80%. And Hillary got sick, and she, didn't, she couldn't go to Michigan or Wisconsin. And Obama tried to come in at the end, but she ended up losing as uh, the Trump campaign was more focused. And the betting market saw this, right, and predicted accurately that Trump would win. And we'll get to what's going on later. But uh, we'll go macro and then we'll go to the specific states and we'll ask Sarah what she feels. But Wisconsin was won by uh, Trump by 1%. Mm-hmm. Now the polls are showing Biden up by 4.2%. And mm-hmm. what's interesting about uh, real clear politics is that it's a composite of the polls. You have polls that, like, uh, let's say uh Quinnipac that always shows the republican winning by 10 points then you have another polls that come out that always show the democrat winning by 10 points why that's for social proof and that's to gaslight the people in the middle to mm-hmm. think that their side is on top right? right so they use a composite and the composite poll shows Biden up by 6.5% and then Wisconsin, I think you were uh, discussing Michigan. Uh, they're both similar states as to, let's say, um, Madison would be more mm-hmm. liberal, mm-hmm. and then where the school is. And then all the farmlands. Uh, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll keep it real, right? All the farmlands lands have, have, has a bunch of hicks, <laughs> Trump I
0: wouldn't it. say that. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> right?
1: yeah. the same thing in Michigan, right? Is that an accurate or, or let me know your
0: experience with the folks in Wisconsin. Sure. I would, I'm not going to say Hicks, um, I would definitely say that, uh, and actually I was going to say the same thing about Pennsylvania, um, right. you know, being a, a working class Rust Belt state, um, you know, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Rust Belt, the, uh, and I, I said this to you earlier. So I was born and raised in Michigan. Um, a, a more liberal part of Michigan, but I saw you know i I saw both we had you know friends and family members who lost jobs due to the uh, automobile industry crash and who were you know very on on the right side because they thought that Democrats were you know taxing too high and taking away jobs and I think that it's the same thing in um, in Pennsylvania these people are truly putting all of their, all of their eggs in Trump's basket. I wouldn't say that makes them hicks. And same thing with, you know, farm country Um, in Colorado, I know a lot of, uh, which is where I I went to high school. I know a lot of, um, you know, gun toting, proud Republican farmers in Colorado. Um, And it's the same thing. I think it all comes down to, um, you know, FDA and and USDA and farmers rights and um, job creation. Uh, and I think it's the same thing for Wisconsin farm country. Um, and you'll see this, you know, in any any part of the country, the cities and the places where young people congregate, college towns are always going to be a little bit more liberal. So where I was born, which is um, a, a shitty, very poor part of, uh, oh, I shouldn't say shitty, I, I I love it. And I don't want to make anyone feel bad. Um, but it, it was a very poor part of uh, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti. Um, but Ann Arbor was a very liberal community. Detroit's a pretty liberal community. Madison, um, Milwaukee, pretty liberal communities. But when you go outside, you're going to find more of, um, more of the red vote. Um, Wisconsin, though, I will say, I think, especially because of proximity to Chicago and Chicago's uh, blue influence, I am going to say that they're going to go Biden for this election. I know it's kind of early to make a prediction, um, but that would be my guess.
1: Right. And I was, again, lucky that I was invited to a NAFTA conference with uh, President Trudeau of Canada Mm. and what they said about these people. I want to know your thoughts, Mm -hmm. what they said with the Canadian government. And I I didn't get to talk to Trudeau, but I talked to a, a, a nice gentleman from the consulate in L.A., and what he said was that trump took advantage of those folks you're talking about being disenfranchised mm-hmm. and then used the mexican population as a scapegoat as uh, to mm-hmm. say oh you don't have your jobs and things have gone down manufacturing because of these people right Is that correct from what you know about them
0: i would absolutely say yes um i think that trump employs nothing but fear mongering tactics and that goes back to uh what i was saying about his internal polls that are completely biased you know he's the one spouting off about fake news when he's getting he's getting and giving his information from polls that he only sends his supporters i only signed up for his you know internal email list that's supposed to be just for you know his his fans and supporters so that i could kind of keep tabs on what he was doing and what he was saying and of course i was appalled you know, um, about these accusations that he's leveling against Kamala Harris. I also, this is really interesting and I learned this on snopes.com this week. Um, Trump actually donated to Kamala Harris's uh, attorney general campaign just a few years ago. So I thought that was really interesting. And um, yeah, so the people people on the right that are, are popping off about hypocrisy on the left, there's obviously hypocrisy on both sides. But I think that they, um, like you said, they have hit this, you know, maybe like a third of the American population have hitched their horse to Trump's wagon, and they refuse to give in. And I think the more they're they're met with uh, facts, the more they're going to dig their heels in. Um, so yes, I absolutely think that that's true. And I think that he... Um, he panders and he is a fearmonger and a lot of these people um, are uh, same reason why um, a lot of people don't like wearing masks. I think people people get off on being a contrarian and thinking that they know better than you know the top politicians and they love Trump because he's not a politician when in reality that just means he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and we're not listening to our top scientists and doctors and epidemiologists regarding the pandemic, because, you know, Susanna, my, my 60-year-old high school teacher, did a quick Google search and decided that, you know, vaccines cause uh, uh, autism and that wearing a mask is going to give her carbon dioxide poisoning. Um, so Trump is, I don't want to talk, you know, talk down to anyone who is a, a Trump supporter, but um, I think that Trump is preying on people like that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we'll we'll give the Republican side, and uh, I'll make sure both Sarah and I will do so, because we're
0: multi-dimensional. Right. Uh, I'm actually more excited, Josh, for the Republican National Committee than I was for the Democratic National Committee. I am pumped to see what they come up with.
1: Right, it's going to be very interesting, and I'm very see what our, what our breakdown is going to be. Uh, I'm going to pull up now, make it clear. It's going to be a good baseline for the next couple of podcasts we're going to do. What the, These are the top six states. There are actually 10. And mm-hmm. we'll go through to educate the public as it pops up here. The 10 states that are battlegrounds and then all of the states that are definitely going one way or another, right? hmm And the only ones that we're going to look at are going to be those 10 states. And then very important in our, and this is another part. And I want to know your thoughts on this too, because this is very important. And it just came to me, but it's been a pet peeve of mine for a while that's, you know, angered me. And it's the fact that people don't understand that uh, we do not, live in a pure democracy we live Mm -hmm. in a uh representative democracy where and and that's very important distinction to know and my thoughts is that we should not on both sides this uh and it's funny because ronald reagan talked about this and it's on both sides if you go too far to the right you're Mm -hmm. fascist if you go too far to the left you're communist right So any extreme is bad. Mm -hmm. And the way we were gaslighted and lied to when we were going to school, we were taught about democracy. So you're like, oh, you get to vote, and you get to decide. You have, you know, you have a role in this. As you get older, and you see, you go to a corporation, and you know, the the and I hate. To use this crude term but it explains what happens to corporations the person mm-hmm. who talks the most in a corporation is the first one to get fired right the quack quacks the loudest is the first one to get shot right uh you notice people lying to get elected and doing something different
0: mm-hmm. because
1: once they're elected you lose their power because they're now representing you right and from both sides both Republicans and Democrats argue how our rights are being taken away. So, what my opinion is is that, and it's one of the things I want to educate people on the podcast from my side. But I'd like to know what you thought. Your thoughts are: we need to fight for democracy to have a say as much as possible, and we mm-hmm. shouldn't give our interest away either to people to the to the left, right that maybe want government too big, and then people to the right, they want corporations to control things from a fascist
0: level. Right. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And actually, going back to what you said about uh, Canada, I was fortunate enough to be there the night that uh, Trudeau was elected, um, oh, wow. back when I was- I was 24. Yeah, it was an incredible experience to be there. And I was so amazed, you know, I'm ashamed to say I didn't know much about Canadian politics at the time. And I was so amazed keeping, you know, tabs on the polls and seeing that they had four very viable parties. Um, And I think that's one of our, as much as I I would call myself, you know, a a progressive um, Democrat, I'm pretty, you know, far on the left side. I think we need more uh, we need the, the people in the middle need more representation, right? Because um, something I've also seen a lot uh, thrown around, especially since Kamala Harris was was appointed VP, is that uh, you know they're they're progressive, leftist, socialists, and they're trying to force us into, as you said, you know a, a communist a communist um, dictatorship. And, uh, which again, I think is, is crazy for someone who is best friends with Vladimir Putin, but whatever. Okay. Um, yeah, I, that blows my mind. Um, but I think, I think that a lot of people in the center are feeling their, their voices and their their votes are being kind of lost in the shuffle and taken away because it's just far left versus far right. And I do think we need more representation for people like that. And then you know maybe someone like my dad who thinks of himself as a true Republican but also isn't a Trump supporter isn't forced to commit to party over person and you know they basically close his eyes and plug his nose and vote for Trump. Um, so I think I would love to see more more represent, representation for people who who are uh, more toward the the middle. I think that would be really important for us as a democracy.
1: Right, and to be educated on because on the local level they say, okay, uh, city councilman retires. Should we appoint someone or have an election? I think people mm-hmm. need to stand up, even though city council guys might be their friends and say, hey we need an election because we're supposed to be a democracy and Mm -hmm. freedom is not free. We need to uh, fight for pure democracy on every level uh,
0: Mm -hmm. as
1: much as possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And now, something that's interesting with your dad. How how do you feel about that in a society where I know we share this too. Uh, There were four years out of my life. My dad's 84 now. And uh, we get along now, but for five years we didn't talk. You know, wow. About, you know, politics and religion—that's why they say they never talk. Yeah. <laughs> right, and we, yeah. Didn't talk, you know, for a long time, and I haven't talked to my sister for twenty years. Uh, over, wow. Over uh, religion. Okay. And, uh, you shared with me, right? hmm Uh, that you got Tea Party people. And I've gotten it from both sides, mm-hmm. but I get along with both sides. But party Tea Party people and far left people, who I I have a a business partner, and she's like Josh. If the per that person is not a Democrat, I'm not doing business with them. Don't bring me at all or nothing at all.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: and that always kind of even though I kind of agree, you know. Uh, I and I struggle with it, right? Because it didn't feel right when you said that, right? Because you can disagree with somebody, but everybody has a right to earn a living, and and mm-hmm. business should be always kind of neutral. The other mm-hmm. side is that I was uh, very naive, right, and ill informed with the whole George Floyd thing, and mm-hmm. I was naive and ill informed at how Racist and evil people are, and people that are just at a drop of the hat willing to uh, question the credibility of Sarah and Josh just because Sarah's a woman and Josh is a minority at a drop of the hat. And it could be that guy that I'm referring uh, to my friend. Her name is uh, Lauren. How do you make sense of all that?
0: Yeah, that's really difficult. And I don't think we've ever seen since 2016, I don't think we've ever seen division run this deeply and to be kind of trapped in two parties that are so uh, polarizing that you, you know, it has to be Hillary or Trump. It has to be Biden or Trump. Um, because, you know, as, as I was saying about opening up more parties and maybe having a, a green party on the ticket or having, you know, a Bernie who is, is farther left and then a Biden who, as much as the Republicans like to spout off about what a, what a progressive he is, he's really more center left. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, it's been really hard to watch, um, my friends and family navigate this and I'm navigating it myself. It definitely has really driven um, has really driven a divide between the people in my life who I used to kind of casually um, refer to as a little more conservative, or oh, you know, she's Republican, but we, you know, so we just don't talk politics. Um, it's it's made that a lot more apparent and feels more life or death because it literally is. Um, and that's again, that's just my stance. I'm sure there are some Trump supporters that would argue that. But when I'm voting in November, I'm going to be voting for my rights as a woman, for my my friends who are LGBTQIA, uh, my friends who are uh, you know immigrants or who are minorities or who are black. When when Trump won't acknowledge the Black Lives Matter movement or the corruption that is running so deep within our Police forces. Um, so yeah, it's really complicated. And as much as I want to say that um, I I am open to other points of view, because as I said, I do try to really diversify what I'm reading and the information I'm taking in. Um, it, this time has made it a lot more difficult to do that. And, uh, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned my dad, it's been, um, if I can, you know, be completely honest, it's been really hard, um, on our relationship and we, it has definitely driven a, a wedge between us and we'll see how November goes. Um, but we've been kind of back and forth since, um, I guess since, since Kamala was nominated, um, and I was very excited about that. And he is just really digging his heels in. And uh, yeah, as much as I want to say, I, you know, I have different views and I can still love you. I think what I always say is politics end where human rights begin. I don't think this is, it, it's not a political discussion anymore. Trump is, Forcing children back into school when we know some of them are going to get sick and die, and we have Betsy DeVos who's never attended uh, public school in her life, pushing for that because she wants the economy to restart, and no fully knowing that we could lose one percent of our children um, yeah, it just it no i mean he's actually losing people's lives at this point um so, it, it just no longer feels like it's uh, politics or a difference in opinion. As I said earlier, it feels like we are fighting for our lives and the lives of, of others, those who are disenfranchised. I was fortunate enough to be born in this country, and I love this country. But, you know, God forbid I were born into a country that does have an MS 13 presence, unlike Joe Biden. Right. Um, as Trump claimed. And they're trying to seek asylum, which is not illegal. And then they're dying or getting molested in a, a, you know, children's detention center at the border. Um, That to me just feels unconscionable. And there's no amount of tax break that would make that palatable to me. Right. So I'm sorry, that was a long winded answer. But uh, basically, all of that to say, yes, it's definitely driven a wedge between me and the more conservative people in my life. Um, you know, chief of all among them, my my dad. Um, and I see where, uh, where Lauren is coming from. Because to say that you're voting for I, I won't say Republican because I understand, you know, we need to be we need to be open to other viewpoints. And I right. do think that the far left can be just as intolerant as the far right. Um, but people people who are not only Republicans but still aligning themselves with Trump after everything he's said and done, that is completely baffling to me. And something that would make me not want to have a relationship with you, be it business wise or in a uh, personal capacity.
1: No, very well said, and that's what makes this podcast so valuable, is that we're keeping it real, and we are going, we're, we're describing what the voters are going to, right, as we place a wager, right, on who we think is going to win, and we understand our surroundings, we understand ourselves, and the people around us. Now, before we go to showing the whole map, and then the senatorial races, I wanted your thoughts on this, because... Uh, You follow, I believe, Kellyanne Conway's niece or...
0: Uh, Her daughter. Her 15-year-old daughter, Claudia Conway, who is a personal hero of mine.
1: All right, yeah. And then you have uh, George Conway, her husband, Mm -hmm. part of the Lincoln Project. Mm -hmm. A very interesting tweet they had was, uh, because Michelle Obama says that when uh, they go low, we go high. And she's Mm-hmm. do that with that, even though Trump has been winning by mm-hmm. going low. Right. Now, uh, political campaigns that I've been involved in or political candidates that I give guidance to, mm-hmm. I always go to the statistics, right? 95% of candidates that go negative win the race, wow. So, the polling's wrong about it because people, for whatever reason, don't say what they really feel. They answer the way uh, they think people should think they answer. They don't want to say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that guy's negative, so he makes me feel safe. It's the whole mm-hmm. thing sometimes. My wife's the expert. I don't know anything about this. But the correlation, they say, is women batter women, the guy that's battering makes him feel safe, right? Because they are going to beat yeah. up other people. So that's how they feel about candidates like that, and that's the allure of a guy uh, bluster who blusters like uh, Trump, right? And Mm -hmm. they win elections. Uh, So the Lincoln Project, George Conway says, "Well, we'll go low for you." (laughs) Right. Republicans that are going. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Do you think it's by all means necessary? Whatever you got to do to win, if they go low, we go lower so we can get the win.
0: Right. You know, again, I, under normal circumstances, which nothing has been normal this year, I think I would say, um, no, it's not necessary. And I would love for someone to set an example about how they can clinch a victory without saying, you know, uh, without talking about how, Melania as an immigrant, or how Trump has five kids from three different wives, or you know, right. bringing up these things from his past and really looking at his failures as a leader—you know, all of which he has. He has as many personal failures as he does uh, professional and political. But I would love it; would be really refreshing to see someone go high, and that's what I was saying. I really loved um, that there really was no Trump bashing. Um, yeah. I would love to hear if someone has another opinion, but there really was no Trump bashing at the DNC. It was just very, it was very fair. And as I said, just really filled with with hope. That's what I was left with. Um, but I also think that it's really important that the Democrats take this election. So I guess, I mean, I don't wanna say that uh, all's fair in love and war or all's fair in you know politics, but I think at this point, Trump has kind of drawn the line. Um, and he continues to go low and low and lower and, uh, you know, show us how he's going to fight. So I guess I would say, you know, outside of doing something truly abominable, I would say whatever whatever Joe and Kamala need to do to win, I think, is, um, is understandable.
1: Yeah, and I always go back to Shoe Dog, uh, a book written by Phil Knight. And it's been my experience in life uh, that you always, for me anyways, cause I was raised the right way or maybe not raised the right way. I don't know. It's just the way I was raised. <laughs> that
0: mm-hmm.
1: You try to do things the right way the first time, right? But you got to survive, you know? And we both met people that uh very talented, had things going their, their way and they didn't survive because life is unfair. Mm-hmm. Very uncertain. So, mm-hmm. I, I always try to do it the right way the first time, and if that doesn't work, <laughs> this subject, you have to go the wrong way because you got to right. get the win. You got to you got to get the win. So right. let's look at this because again, people are in denial and they get gaslighted about this. Mm-hmm. So, California, Oregon, Washington, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to go. And let me know if you disagree.
0: No, uh, I would agree with all of those, for sure.
1: Democrat, Nevada, and Arizona mm-hmm. have had a lot of California transplants.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: people are so stuck in their head in their bubble that they thought that there were going to be a lot more similarities between Nevada and California and Arizona. And there were. Now they're stuck in these uh, god-awful hot places.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right.
1: And they end up making this blue states.
0: Utah, mm-hmm.
1: conservative Mormon, right? Mm-hmm. Conservative Mormon. Uh, same thing for Idaho. Montana. Montana uh, Montana's interesting because they're libertarian mostly, right? You got the free men uh, who shot FBI. If I shot an FBI agent, I would be in jail for a very long time. These free men <laughs> shot FBI agents and they uh, were acquitted. Wyoming, very yeah. right. rural state. Colorado. I'll let you handle Colorado because mm-hmm. you're the Colorado expert. And New Mexico are similar states. Where yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, What's that?
1: They they sometimes go either way. They can go Republican or...
0: Yeah, they can be, both of them, uh, you know, I've seen go, go both ways and they can, they can err on the side of, um, swing States, but I'm, I'm going to say confidently, both will go blue for sure. Um, and Colorado, I think, especially since we legalized marijuana, um, we've had this huge influx of, of just really open-minded kind of free progressive thinkers. Um, so I can't see any, I can't see it going any other way. Um, and I grew up in a small, uh, actually conservative um suburb of denver um, so that's always interesting to see how that goes there are definitely some um and it's also you know a little bit of a farming community my high school was right next to a farm um, we would get cows like jump into the parking lot sometimes so as i was saying you know the the kind of gun-toting conservative population is definitely there um, but denver itself especially in recent years is super super liberal um, so I can't see uh, either of those states going any other way. And New Mexico, um, you know, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, both pretty liberal, but they've also really struggled. You know, the whole the whole uh, Breaking Bad is is based in in New Mexico, so they've really struggled with the opioid epidemic. So I really think that it would um, it would behoove them to vote in someone who's going to put that at the forefront of their uh, of their. Um, policies and their their fights,
1: right? And early in my career, I'm different now. But um, uh, and, and thank you for we're getting uh, comments, so feel free to ask Sarah or myself any questions you like. Uh, Gentlemen out there saying you know that the polls are off like last time, we're going to break that down for you, right? Because again, you have polls that are to the far right, polls are to the far left. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to figure out. Not try. I hate the word try. My clients don't use it anymore, so I'm going to try. But back earlier in my career, now I will not take a client. And I'm, fortunate I'm lucky and good enough. And it's a luxury. I feel very humbled to say this. But I will not take a client. No, you're very welcome. Uh, I will not take a client who isn't in alignment with my values. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, the way I am. But again, like uh, the lawyer in Dringa, you always think of both sides right mm-hmm. and people would hire me to to win right to beat the competition to make them money so looking at this and let me know your thoughts the best way for trump to win this election right and you mentioned colorado is the fact that joe biden uh is not for the national legalization of cannabis. Now he is for medicinal use in this, but not recreational use mm-hmm. uh, in Colorado, both uh, Republican senators while being conservative were, mm-hmm. were for the national legalization mm-hmm. of cannabis because they had to do that to win. So right. if Trump comes out and says, uh, you know, I have a big change of heart and I'm gonna instruct William Barr not to pro- prosecute cannabis uh related crimes and i am now for the national legalization of cannabis i'm mm-hmm. taking your partisan hat off and your feelings like do you feel right. like the strategist that's his best path to victory
0: well i can't see him ever doing that but if he did um I, I think it would definitely swing some votes his way. Um, you know, we all have, we all vote with our own consciences. Um, so I think that if that is the hill that you're willing to die on, and that is what matters most to you, and you're kind of putting all, uh, all of your stock in that, then um, I guess I could see that swinging some votes his ways. But I would hope that, especially Colorado, because as I said, it is uh, overall a pretty, you know, liberal state. I would hope that even though Joe isn't necessarily the um, marijuana candidate, that was probably Sanders. Um, I would hope that they have enough uh, enough of a conscience and uh, knowledge of what he's going to do in other fields, in other arenas, to still vote uh, still vote Biden. Right, but on. I think that's that's a really interesting um, thought. I had not thought about that happening again. I don't think it will, and I hope it doesn't but i could definitely see him doing something strategic like that maybe at the last minute if polls are not showing in his favor
1: absolutely absolutely and and looking at it from a strategy standpoint and and looking at it from a betting angle Mm
0: -hmm. that's
1: that's where the value is for him now Mm -hmm. you go to north and south dakota really red states. yeah now those states democrats can win but what they do is they call them uh, blue dogs. You act and talk like a Republican, but just register as a Democrat. That's how we in window states. Then you have Texas. Uh, Texas is changing. It's evolving mm-hmm. again with a lot of California people that want to lower their income taxes. They go to Texas mm-hmm. and deal with the heat. I can't deal with the heat anymore. But Texas for the most part, democratic. Beto Mm -hmm. had a chance against uh, Ted Cruz.
0: Yeah, it was close. I really had hope for for Beto.
1: (laughs) I like him. That was
0: tough. I do too, I do too. I think he's a good guy. And it, it always made me, watching his speeches always made me laugh because he would start out looking normal and at the end would look like he had been doused in lighter <laughs> fluid. He gets <laughs> so sweatier than I've ever seen anyone get, just made me, They're on a completely not political note, that just made me really happy.
1: Now, uh, it's the off season, after football season, I want to do a podcast, and I think uh, Sarah would join me. Uh, I want to do one on Louisiana politics, mm. history of it until today, because it's still very relevant. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the only state to have a senator and a governor elected from jail. And uh, Huey Long said it first, and then Eddie Edwards said it. It was actually a, a reality show with Eddie Edwards on it. And then it said the phrase of uh, both myself and my, and my opponent steal. Out of three, $3, my opponent will take three. I'm going to take two. And you know I'm going to take two. You know who I am. You don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. So vote for a crook you know versus the crook you don't know. Yeah. Uh, in, in Louisiana is the same way. When mm-hmm. I lived in New Orleans, they were like, son, if you need anything from me, let me know. And you knew not to get anything from me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very, very extreme corruption. And yeah. little rules can go either way. They split it between the Democrats and the Republicans. Equally mm-hmm. so, Yeah. So, always a wildfire. Arkansas, yeah. Omaville, and Hillary Clinton has gone to the right. And uh, mm-hmm. that governor, went, it flipped around. He was supposed to be so great. Uh, her, Mr. Herd Immunity. And, and that's another thing. People have lied about what herd immunity is. we got to mm-hmm. do a COVID-19 one. COVID-19, what we, they told us in the beginning and what ends up happening.
0: Yeah. At
1: um, the beginning of COVID-19, they made a big thing about herd immunity. Herd immunity is 50% of the population. So out of four yeah. million people, 200 million people have to get infected for you to, to have herd immunity. So the right. governor of Arkansas, as they say, mm-hmm. uh, was talked about herd immunity. He was a big star. Now he's the big GOAT. As uh, he's literally gotten people killed, we're waiting for the because they updated uh, ongoing when they get a poll they updated and we're going through Arkansas, uh, Louisiana, and up into the Midwest. And what are your thoughts on Indiana?
0: Uh, Yeah, Indiana's tough. I could see it going either way because it's Mike Pence's home state. So I think there's probably a lot of hometown pride and support for him. But I also um, was in Indianapolis shortly after the um, the election, and it was really beautiful to see they had signs um, outside of you know various places, but especially places that um, you know gay bars or places that were, were LGBTQ friendly um, that say you know hate has no home here, uh, you're welcome here, you're loved here. So again, you know, it's probably the big cities that will that will swing it one way or another. Um, Indianapolis is pretty pretty blue, pretty open minded. So I could see that going either way. Um, I guess if I had to guess, I think that's going to go for Biden because of Mike Pence. I think that that may wor- wind up working against him.
1: Well, this is something interesting too, right? You know, let me like know your thoughts. Uh, predicting the election. Uh, the stimulus package would mm-hmm. help Trump, right? And Absolutely,
0: that
1: goes into- yeah. Canada, Kentucky, right? That are very, very poor, but conservative states. Mm-hmm. And how do you make sense of this? Because you mentioned too, right? That Trump had been married four times. Uh, he's cheated in every business deal he's ever been in, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but yet, uh, the far-right Christians love him like. <laughs> All right. What right. Bible are you reading? But uh, these poor people, right, are still very, very, very conservative, but they're mm-hmm. the ones hitting getting hit hard by not having a stimulus. And mm-hmm. part of it is because the Republicans feel they're gonna lose anyways. Yeah. So how do you think that's gonna play out?
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Um again, as I said, I think he, he is a fearmonger and he uh purports to be anti-government and his whole slogan was drain the swamp when he's just bringing swamp monsters into his home um i think he's if anything he's doing the opposite i think um though for a lot he's definitely not a christian um and i thought this was interesting in the last um election i the day that it came out i read um hillary's book what happened and she talks a lot about her faith and um i'm not a religious person but hillary is and she is um, really, truly, identifies herself as a Christian and everything that that embodies. And she talks about how important prayer is to her and how she does these daily devotionals every morning and every evening. Um, and you know, the Clintons are truly a Christian family. And Trump, yeah, he ha- again, this is so pandering. He had that photo of him where he he cleared out protesters and tear gas protesters so he could take a picture with. Uh, church, and then he held the Bible upside down. Um, it's just I, I I will never understand why people are are deifying this man who is clearly not Christian, clearly not a politician, and clearly not a fit leader. Um, but I think your, to your point about how um, you know conservative Christians and a lot of um, a lot of people who are trapped in poverty continue to follow him. A, I think that's because of his lofty promises, and I think they will—they truly believe him because he is not a politician, and because he—he he makes them these promises, and they—they they think that they think that he's going to deliver on, like bringing all of our uh, manufacturing back to the states. When everyone knows that we could never afford that, Apple's never going to set up a plant in the states because it would cost too much to make iP- iPads. Um, you know, that's just. It is what it is. And the top 1% is always going to benefit from cheap labor in other countries. Um, and Trump knows that as, as much as anybody else. And, um, uh, oh, sorry. And the, um, the second point, I think a lot of it goes back to abortion. Um, I've seen a lot just, you know, online or, or talking to people with different viewpoints. Um, for a lot of people, I think that it comes down to that. Um, And if you are a single issue voter and abortion is what is what you see as our nation's biggest problem, you're going to go with Trump. Now, I would guess that with his track record with women, I could almost guarantee that he's paid for some women to have abortions. That's probably a very controversial opinion, but I can't imagine that not being uh, in his past.
1: Yeah, you can have your own opinion, right? But you can't have your own facts. And it's factual evidence that he mm-hmm. has paid for abortions. The women have brought up the canceled checks. There's been corroboration with doormen and different mm-hmm. situations where he has paid for a lot of abortions. But, of course, the out is that he's a new man in Christ. He's, he's right. born.
0: <laughs> All right? He's born out. again. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't erase you know, his, his three wives and his uh, cheating allegations and his, the video with Billy Bush and his rape and sexual assault allegations. But again, I think if, if abortion is your biggest concern, you're going to go with someone who, and he won't, but he says that he's going to get rid of it. Um, and I think just like with the job creation, if someone's telling you that and that's all you really care about, You're going to believe it versus Joe Biden, who is, you know, uh, open about his, his desire to, um, you know, to keep what we have now, which is bodily autonomy for women and, you know, safe access to abortions. And I also want to throw in, and then I'll get off my soapbox, but I I want to throw in that,
1: um, you can talk as long as you want.
0: (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Um, But I just want to throw out there that, uh, you know, making abortions illegal and taking away safe access to them will never end abortions. You're just going to see more, more uh, maternal death because women are going to have to pay exorbitant amounts of money to get unsafe abortions and will probably die as a result.
1: Right. No, and it goes back to what we're trying to eliminate on the podcast. And Sarah's the admin on all our social media. So this kind of gets the wheels turning that we have to do our own reporting, right? And because people are getting slanted information, right? And we know how to cite sources. We know how to decipher what's legitimate uh, evidence and what isn't. And we look forward to keep on reporting that to you. And that's the beauty of a podcast versus uh, a radio show. You can talk as long as you want to get the full version of what you want to communicate without somebody interrupting you and not getting a full picture. And we can go in detail to the map of the United States and show you how the election will break down. So you can't monetize it, right? Minnesota, a uh, very libertarian state, not necessarily liberal, but libertarian. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been swinging to the left lately. Iowa can go either way. Um, mm-hmm. We'll finish the podcast looking at different uh, races. There's going to be a very, very interesting race, close race with Joni Ernst in Iowa, Missouri. Uh, I can't think of Missouri without thinking about the Netflix series. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: The Ozark. yeah.
1: Uh, and then the the economists did a study on 115 countries trying to figure out which uh, countries were corrupt and which countries were not corrupt. The study ended up saying that off 115 countries had some level of corruption and when you start going down from go to arkansas very very poor right a lot of payouts with politicians louisiana we talked about that how corrupt it's a culture of corruption there in louisiana where Mm -hmm. uh, eddie edwards wins an election from jail as a convicted felon you go to mississippi biloxi mississippi uh, very, very corrupt state. Tennessee is progressive. Nashville mm-hmm. uh, is moving up. So even though they, they're conservative 100% of the time, uh, they're evolving. Very nice place. Mm-hmm. Alabama. Uh, I was driving from Florida all the way to California. We stood in Alabama. Uh, my wife started screaming at me in the car. She's like, you can't believe we went to the gas station. They had uh, slave action figures. Uh. That's all you need to know about Alabama, but yeah. things have gotten so bad for the Republican Party that they're in a tight race with Doug Jones, right? He's a mm-hmm. Dixie crap. You act and you walk like a Republican and just register as a Democrat. So mm-hmm. that's a very interesting one against Tommy Coverball, an next football coach, who's running, who's a Trump guy. You go down to a place that I lived for 20 god-awful years of my life,
0: <laughs>
1: the state of Florida, and there's not a, it's, it's very corrupt, very bought and paid for. I worked for a guy by the name of Santo Traficante. His dad was accused of killing Kennedy. He was a mobster. Five families, the Bonanno family. Uh, when I owned my restaurant, I got a catering job at a horse farm in Ocala owned by John Gotti. Uh, wow. If you look at the history of it, and, and I encourage everybody to read this book, and I guess uh, Kaylee Turr, uh, wanted pence to read uh the people's history of the united states the howard's Zinn, and he talks about how the south was basically uh constructed uh with criminals in mind right because you just left with florida is inhospitable without air conditioning so you just put all the criminals in florida and yeah. it's still like that so georgia you go to georgia where uh Stacey abrams you got mm-hmm. out of an election right yeah you go going to south carolina lindsey graham north carolina where they had a disputed election so these states are very corrupt and then you go to kentucky and west virginia and that's that dynamic we were talking about with indiana and i guess they're clustered together mm-hmm. of being really really poor but being very conservative at the same time mm-hmm. joe mentioned one of the rates there again dixiecrat active and talk like a Republican, just register as a Democrat, and then you have Al Capone. You have Illinois uh, in Chicago, which, when you lived in Chicago, was Mayor Daly, mm-hmm. the Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The yeah that was
0: rough and I was there I was actually there for the whole uh Rod Blagojevich um ah. scandal too so that was crazy but then I also got to be there for two Obama election nights which was truly a magical experience I will never forget for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah and I was struck when Obama won and, and again it, it was false I hate to say it right I keep hope alive, but it was false hope I thought that this country had maybe moved a step forward. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I was,
1: it, and at that point, uh, 2009, I was very hardcore being neutral. So I was watching the Obama inauguration and it was weird the way it hit me. Uh, I got a little emotional,
0: mm.
1: but studying Obama, Obama to no fault of his own. He's a brilliant man. He goes into uh, working for the union. He flips over a factory where everybody talks Spanish and got them unionized, right? That's his claim to fame. And then uh, what I love about Obama, and it's a great lesson in business and life, is that he knows how to build relationships. And people are so loyal to him. You look at Justice Roberts, who was in law school with him in uh, Harvard Law. Loyal to Obama. He made such an impression on him that he saved uh, uh, the Affordable Care Act. For Obama mm-hmm. is that his classmate who he respected right because Obama I, you know I hate when they say stuff either about Richard Nixon his intellect even though he got in trouble and when they question Obama's intellect he's a he's a lost scholar a Christian mm-hmm. law on the level mm-hmm. of Justice Roberts that he respects him so much that mm-hmm. he's he saved them with the Affordable Care Act but at the same time to survive uh, he became an alterman out of the Chicago machine and that rode all those union dollars to the presidency, so that's, that's Illinois, right. man. That's, that's tough. toxic mm-hmm. now. Ohio and Michigan, uh, mm-hmm. no president has been elected either Republican or Democrat without winning the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a very neutral state. You know, these guys have it in uh, black, and you have that dynamic, right? Even though I think Columbus, even though it's uh, the home of the University, is very uh, still conservative, very mm-hmm. middle of the road. Yeah. Michigan, what are your thoughts on Michigan? And uh, you give us some real detail because you you were talking a lot about Ann Arbor.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that Michigan is going to go blue for this election. Um, It's it's tough. Michigan is a really tough um, area, again, because as I said, they were hit you know, maybe harder than anyone in the recession. And it's been, things have been declining there since, um, since the nineties. And, uh, you know, Flint is still dealing with not having drinkable water, which is a direct, uh, direct result of political corruption because, um, the, you know, their water source became tainted. So I think that there's as much as it is a a state that would uh benefit from trump's lofty job promises i think that they're going to go blue because of flint and ann arbor and detroit um that would be my guess ohio i honestly don't know um but michigan i'm gonna
1: i'm gonna say is riding with biden yeah no i uh you know, being part of the, and, you know, and I say that, and I've had great mentors i have had access to billionaires, as I say this, but I like learning from people, right? Because you don't have access. You don't have access to excellent people. And both Rob Portman and Gerard Brown, Rob Portman's a Republican, and Gerard Brown's a Democrat. They know how to play that middle road there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They know they have to do that to be elected. And I think both of them are very excellent. You know, you yeah. don't know people, right? Even sometimes you'll live with somebody and you don't know them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But their public persona, right? Everybody has a public impression. Their public persona is very excellent, very eloquent, and they get things done. Very impressed with those two guys. Uh, it will be very close. Michigan, theoretically, right? And it was funny. Those votes were funny. But in theory, uh, Trump won Michigan by 12,000 votes. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very slim margin. Yeah, uh, Governor of Michigan, she's very interesting. They thought that maybe she was going to be a vice, pre- vice presidential candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got in trouble with some corruption with her husband in a boat.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you go to Pennsylvania. Very interesting state because Joe Biden was born there. So they think he has an edge and he mm-hmm. fits uh, I remember the when Biden ran against Obama, the commercial he had was him, you know, shooting out guns in the yard. He's like, I want to mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be a very, very interesting, and it's going to be the same dynamic you talked about, right? The right. The rural areas versus Philadelphia. Uh, right. Third.
0: That'll third. be interesting, because I always think about hometown advantage, but then Elizabeth Warren, Massachusetts senator, was third. Right. Third place in her home state.
1: Right. Not so eight. I don't know. And I lived two years in Boston, and the dynamics in Boston were fascinating to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I had a really good time, and I made a lot of friends in Boston. And Boston is, you know, very very liberal uh, city state, but it was more racist than the South when I lived mm-hmm. in the South. There's a lot of institutional racism in Boston, and then there's mm-hmm. a lot absolutely of elitism in Boston. Uh, are you legacy, non-legacy? You're, if you're not legacy, no. But I had some legacy friends who would take me to uh, an underground dungeon and everybody in there was le- you know, legacy. And you were cool and you had a great time because you don't bring an idiot to those places. So I was able to be friends with both sides and that culture fascinated me. But I could see Elizabeth Warren losing out of pure it sounds like an oxymoron but pure liberal misogyny from the northeast.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you that's know,
1: what it was. Walmart land, uh, another place I had a really good time in. And then when you go to this part right here, you have I remember living in Boston, they call them mass holes, right? The people mm. who, uh, farmland. Then you have Oh like, yeah. New Hampshire, Maine. The first time I went up there uh, And it was crazy, right? Because I was I was young, and I was stupid, and I was arrogant. And I had a friend who delivered high end art to Rhode Island, so we would go a straight shot sixteen hours to Rhode Island, and I'd be you know happy go lucky, carrying you know forty million dollars worth of art. Then I would touch it, and then my whole body would get into sweat, right? Because I was I was subjugating all my fear and anxiety. mean, if I drop this, literally, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the crazy part about it is he used to deliver the art, and all he would get was a, a bag full of money and a slip he would give him. just a little tiny slip he would give people. I'm like, man, with so much money and so much uh, going on, this is how this deal <laughs> goes
0: down. Right. And
1: it's because of taxes, right? Uh, yeah. Art, you can uh, depreciate the value and get it off your taxes, tax mitigation. but. Mm-hmm. That's that's what those areas are about, and that's why the ta- the Trump tax cut resonates with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we'll go to the senatorial races, and we won't predict them. We'll define them, and we'll predict them on the on the third podcast, which will be a week before the election. Uh, next week, we'll do a recap on the Republicans, and let mm-hmm. me get real clear of politics, and we'll go through the races real quick. We'll see what you think. Then we'll have final thoughts and what. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a fascinating podcast, I think.
0: Yeah, and a was, lot of interesting, yeah. interesting uh, conversations happening here.
1: Right, and those topics that we broached. Have you seen anybody talk about them? I haven't. Not on not on any
0: podcast that I I have listened to now, and definitely not within um, the betting sphere.
1: No, and I haven't heard. Uh, Wall Street Journal talk about it. I haven't seen it on CNBC, mm-hmm. CNN. Nobody has broached these topics that are vital, really, I think. And I think you and I bring a, uh, interesting perspectives because we have not just lived in Orange County our whole lives. We've traveled around the country and we're open to meeting and learning from new people, which unfortunately mm-hmm. is uh, becoming a lost skill. So I'm, just waiting it to, to pop up. Uh, we'll look at uh, ten senatorial races because the other part of it is uh, nothing can get to Congress unless one party um, has the three branches, which mm-hmm. I think uh, is dangerous. I think you always have to have diversity of thought. You always mm-hmm. have to have a process. However, uh, things have gotten so messed up with polarization that if you have a split, uh, nothing gets done. One, one side tries to obstruct the other without uh, doing what they're supposed to do and what they lie to us when they're running for office, saying, hey, uh, let's do what my wife. My wife tells her clients, you do what's best for yourself and for the people around you. Mm-hmm. And they run – saying they're going to do that but then they get an office and all they do is uh follow the money they, they do what whoever pays them to do and that's Thank something that i always want to make sure people and uh especially on the third podcast uh we'll discuss there and i I'll, I'll screenshot uh campaign contributions because again they spew it to themselves you don't know And now with mail-in ballots, there's gonna be a lot of mail-in ballots before politicians uh, disclose where they're getting their money from. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And again, that's uh, something that people need to learn to research. Mm -hmm. Uh, Freedom is not free. And if you don't know where the money's coming from, uh, you're, you're doing a disservice to yourself. And to the community, right? Because people talk about draining the swamp, but they don't do it, right? Lobbyists are out of control. Money's out of control. Mm -hmm. So we'll show you where the money is coming from and how to do your own research about where the money's coming from. Uh, And one thing I'd like to ask you is China. What are your thoughts on China and how it's going to affect the presidential election?
0: yeah you know I think um, again, Trump with his fear mongering tactics, I think he's he's kind of using China as the boogeyman when a lot of people don't even really know what potential threat it poses um, but it, that has been really interesting, and another thing that's been really infuriating about the pandemic, you know the election falling so closely on on the pandemic's heels um I think that there was already so much fear surrounding uh, China and Russia um, and these these societies that run differently than ours and that are not democracies. So um, I think Trump is kind of using that, as you said, as a scapegoat and um, blaming the whole pandemic on China because it originated in China, which is, um, I don't know if you saw that um, that uh, interview with the Australian reporter and Trump but um, he kept referring to it as the Chinese virus or the China virus and he knows exactly what he's doing you know um, if something originated here I don't think anyone would ever call it the American virus because that's our that's our privilege that we live in um, you know a a wealthy superpower and and a democracy and a first world country. But because it's China and people are already so scared of China and misinformed about China, it's really easy to point fingers and to blame China for this entire pandemic and for the death of 170,000 plus people just in our country alone. Um, so, yeah, that'll be really interesting. I'm sure that'll come up in the debates. Um, and as I said, Trump is, is now calling uh, Joe Biden China Joe. I have no idea why. Um. But uh, yeah, I I don't know that's another another really um, complicated one, subject
1: Yeah, it's very complicated because it has many layers to it and I think mm-hmm. Uh, the china and that's something we can work on to educate the public on that the the problem with china is on the local level
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: The chinese communist party basically run a, a ponzi scheme
0: with mm-hmm.
1: people and they take the money to Pay off local politicians so they can rig real estate. And one of the most rigged real estate places because of China and a combination of China's uh, money, right, and uh, local politicians uh, being so uh, unpatriotic. And the public being so apathetic, right? Mm -hmm. That it's been a field day for Chinese and real estate interest. Not the only reason, but one of the reasons, uh, real estate is so inflated in Southern California is because of that. Now you have to do your own reporting. You have to do your own research. So with, Trump, I'll give him credit, he did in late January, and it's funny, he does this in late January, but he doesn't tell people not to go to the Super Bowl. And it's funny how many people got sick at the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and at that point in time, they weren't attributing it to COVID-19 uh, when uh, Trump had information that it was COVID-19. But he does the China travel ban. No, it wasn't a travel ban. There were 12 loopholes he allowed. So, Trump's been one of the most lenient uh president towards china that we've had in a very long time he mm-hmm. praises dictators and he praised uh right he who's also a dictator and i think he would admit or he is admitting at this point that uh, he that was a mistake right he, he in a debate if biden says why did you praise Xi? I think his advisors and everybody else will say, "Hey, that was a mistake I made." Uh, you know, this is the China virus. he wants to say, but right. that's that's why you have to do your own reporting, and you can't. It goes back to what our what our uh, parents taught us: uh, believe nothing of what you hear, and half of what you see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I right, think so that's let's let's very go, smart. Yeah,
1: let's define these uh, Senate races real quick. Okay. Uh, 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 Texas, Cronin's probably gonna win, all right? Uh, North Carolina can go either way. You got Tom Tillis Mm -hmm. incumbent. Currently, these are composite polls, right? Like the gentleman in the chat, anybody in the chat wants to keep asking questions, we're happy to have you here and please ask as many questions as you want. Uh, These are composite polls, so it's taking, the polar opposites and going to a return from the mean. And remember, we use return from the mean in sports betting as well. So there you have uh, Tom Tillis in North Carolina. And this one shows a few of them. Michigan, the Democrats winning by three. This is where the Republicans have a huge concern, right? When Trump started surging in the polls in 2016, our first instinct was, Man, this is going to be the death of the fucking party. But it, it took a while, but this is huge. Uh, mm-hmm. Arizona's a right to carry state. You can carry a gun in your holster. Very mm-hmm. conservative. And the Democrat, Kelly, has a substantial lead in the polls against McSally. And remember, McSally, he was very, very nasty to reporters during the impeachment. Uh, strong Republican, and the problem with this right now is that uh, big deep-pocketed Republicans like Alderson and you know who owns the sands—they don't want to invest money in a loser. So there's a double whammy for McSally that she hasn't been able to rig it to make her look like she's you know she's even close. This mm-hmm. gets them up by eleven, right? Uh, another one that has the Republicans worried. Uh, Pompeo was supposed to leave the White House and go to Kansas. Uh, we're not going to predict this one because this one, I really feel things are rigged in Kansas and the Republicans are going to win. However, mm. the fact that it's only showing a two-point lead, it's, it's, it's pretty bad news for, um, for Trump. All right? Uh, another one to look at is uh, Georgia. Georgia has two of them. One is the billionaire lady who got caught inside a trainee, right? That sounds mm-hmm. like great to me, right? You already have a billion dollars. You're still inside a training right? Right. Who are the senators who got briefed on COVID-19 and immediately left the building and called their brokers to sell stock. Mm-hmm. Wait, We all know it's illegal you cannot as a government official trade stock when you have insider information now i'll give a plug to the betting podcast those laws don't apply to sports betting sports betting is an easier market to figure out and yesterday i had an interview with the head coach of houston baptist football we talked some hardcore football he taught me a lot so technically this was stock i couldn't bet on a game because i have insider information the sports betting, very, very legal. That's why that podcast, and, and Sarah and I are on the NBA one. Remember, we had an NBA coach uh, come on the podcast and give us insider information. That's why we make you a lot of money, and that's what gives us an edge, makes the podcast so valuable. But I digress. Mm-hmm. She couldn't do that. She couldn't take the information she got from the intelligence or from Dr. Birds and Falsey, and they go sell stock. Mm-hmm. you yeah, have Purdue from Purdue's Chicken – Against Ossoff. And if you remember him, he's a very young guy who was in a Republican district by 30 points and almost won a congressional race. Very, uh, he won it, so uh, we came close to winning through social media. He was outspent 30 to 1. Right. Uh, so, yeah, when we recall the guy in Lake Forest, we were outspent 20 to 1. So. But you can win. That's why you never. Uh, Judge a book by his cover, so he's going to lose. Uh, it'll be a shame if Laughlin wins, but uh, we're going to take a look at it. And then another couple races I want to look at uh, for the Senate. right? it's going to be. Let's see, uh, bring up the Senate polls. I want to bring up Iowa. Is here we go go Iowa, and Trump is winning Iowa by a few percentage points. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going to be interesting to me and something you'll be able we'll be able to bet on late is going to be that Iowa Senate race. Uh, Let's see. So we've got to the top center races. It pops up here. All right, so I'd like to know your thoughts. Because uh, one of the things I found out when I owned my restaurant was that I'm really in, you know, I like people watching, and I'm into sociology. So it's very, very interesting to me the tightrope <laughs> Joni Ernst uh, walked in defending Trump, even though obviously he committed, he got people killed right in the Ukraine, trying to shake him down uh, for intel on Biden. And how mm-hmm. she did what the other guys, the Democrats, do, right? They walk and talk like Republicans, but register as Democrats. She did the opposite, she talked like Adam Schiff. But at the end of the day, voted not to impeach him. Uh, how is she going to survive the Senate race? Teresa Greenfield. Uh, and let me look at her background. There's one lady in a race like this, and she's a Democrat, who was the next uh, CIA agent. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's her. She's the a, she's a next uh, CIA agent, and she's running against Ernst, a military woman. So, again, you're talking about military woman, uh, ex-CIA agent, and she's walking and talking like a Republican registered as a, as a Democrat to be able to win that race. And, man, they're tied up. And it's mm-hmm. interesting yeah,
0: that's really close.
1: You see their strategists and uh, them go after each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's, that's a race we're watching for Senate. That's going to be very Yeah. You can put money on it. And uh, it will be interesting to see. And we'll, we'll give you that prediction a week before the election, which really is a because we in ballots, a lot of ballots that, that come in. So those, those are your top uh, Senate races. Uh, the other one I wanted to talk about, we'll close with this one. I'd like to know your thoughts on this lady, uh, Susan Collins. Again, uh, a similar case to Iowa. And they ran Sarah Gillian. And let's look at her bio real quick. Very interesting. That poll is very interesting. All right. Uh, she is up in the polls because Susan Collins, again, voted for the Trump impeachment. And she was very, very disingenuous and nasty. So, by the fact that she was disingenuous and nasty, she talked like Adam Schiff, but at the end of the day, caves right, and that's why a lot of people, um, you know, are impressed with Ben Romney, who voted against it, right? He stuck through to her principles. She didn't. Heck, if there's some money out there, definitely put some money on Sarah Gideon, who got millions and millions of money, of money in campaign contributions to go against. Susan Collins who's always waffled and that's a very independent Maine state mm-hmm. and I wonder if the people in Maine right are tired of being lied to and gaslighted by Susan Collins Yeah <laughs> she's still in it What are your thoughts
0: Um yeah I mean I don't know I don't know much about uh local Maine politics but I mean she Sarah Gideon is leading leading in every poll, so I would definitely give it to her.
1: So Susan Collins' claim to fame is that she's the swing vote, right? She voted Mm. for Obamacare. She voted for uh, a lot of the main uh, Democratic legislation that's gone through Congress has been because Susan Collins has sided with the Democrats Mm -hmm. on certain issues. And, of course, we, you know, she's not doing it because she has a moral compass, in my opinion. She's doing it because she wanted to arrive and win the next election. Right. down to impeachment, she she talked one way and, and did the opposite. Mm-hmm. I know she's going to pay the price. Actually, I want to give you one more <laughs> uh, that we'll look at, and it's going to be Kentucky, Mitch McConnell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's Mitch McConnell. And and when Mitch McConnell comes out and says, uh, Mitch McConnell comes out and says, hey, I'm for the $600 unemployment, that's because I think his polls are saying, hey, uh, it's a poor state, and you might lose if you don't. Uh, If you do not do something for the poor people of Kentucky. And again, Mm -hmm. it's that dynamic you were talking about, with the rural. So let's look at the Kentucky one again. Again, I like to look at the strategy because it's reality, right? They pick a military woman who walks and talks like a Republican, then registers as a uh, Democrat. But McConnell should win this in the normal circumstances, but this is not. He should win by 30 points. There she is, Amy McGrath, mm-hmm. um, the woman. and she came out and said that, right? She said, you know, McConnell's against healthcare for us, and I get free health care because I'm from the military. That isn't right. Everybody should get the same rights I have. And man, Mitch McConnell, for him, he's in trouble right now. He's only yeah. once. Now, what he it, it's killing him, right? Because he likes to stick his nose in other senate races around the country so he can have uh a majority right and then the people that he helps owe, owes him like in a mafia sort of way but man he can't do that now he better go down there and go fight with amy mcgrath over there because he only has a five point lead what does that mean that means tom steyer yeah, yeah, michael bloomberg each, and that's gonna be interesting to see. We'll we we'll bring it down to the, the one the financial disclosure. We'll see how much money Bloomberg and Steyer gave to the Amy McGrath campaign. I think mm-hmm. at this point reports show it's about twenty million dollars. So wow. We, she's well funded. Yeah. Acting and walking like a Republican. And this is the thing she has. She did military service and he got out of it like Trump. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: All right, so final thoughts. What are your thoughts on all this?
0: Yeah, this was a lot of uh, great information. Um, yeah, I hope I didn't uh, <laughs> piss anyone off too much with my liberal snowflake views. But I think, um, yeah, it's important to, um, to read both sides and listen to both sides, but I just encourage everyone to vote with your conscience. And for me, there's only, there's only one way to go.
1: Right, and yeah. I haven't uh, decided yet, but I, I am uh, wanting to look at the information pragmatically. Look, it empathize, and that's something that has struck me. Right, the lack of empathy people have. People kill their grandparents for 20 win a for the economy, <laughs> or unless something happens to them, it doesn't happen to anybody, right? Mm-hmm. People are so inside their head, lack of empathy. So I want to show empathy, right? And maybe convert some toilet paper p- people who hoard things to look at both sides. And then people who do not have the time uh, can listen to our information. And again, we don't, what we just say is in gospel, we don't have a monopoly on the truth. We just want to bring information out to people that are not getting other places so they get more involved, they get more educated, and we can help them make more sense of the world. Right? Because we've been out there and we haven't lived in a bubble. So we can provide information they need. Well, thank you so kindly, man, for providing all of this. We will be back.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to uh, watch the RNC and come back with some, some thoughts, some hot takes.
1: It's going to be a lot, because uh, during this conversation, a lot of things kind of popped up that mm-hmm. I had to thinking about. So it's going to be very exciting. Yeah. You know, with Winston Churchill, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. I'm the best director.